Happy Friday. Welcome to If Anyone Cares. My name is Riley James. And boy, did we have a Wednesday and a Thursday. So let me tell you about Wednesday. Wednesday, went to the U.S. Open Cup Final. Houston Dynamo versus the Philadelphia Union. Fantastic game. It was end-to-end soccer. It was great. I really enjoyed my time there. I met uh, some some very big people in the industry. And it was just a really good game. Because, one, it's not because the Dynamo won that it was great. It's because the Dynamo won in the home like the home crowd was there. I'm a big fan of like when teams win in front of their home crowds. It just makes it a little bit better for me when I go to those games. Um, obviously, if my team's competing, I want them to win. But if I'm at a neutral site game, or if I'm there at an, as a neutral at a home stadium of a team I don't really support, but I don't support the road team, all for the home team winning just to make my fan experience just a little bit better. Anyways, uh, we were up at the top. Everything went good. Houston Houston ended up winning the game. We had the trophy presentation down the field. The locker room was lit afterwards playing music. They had the, they had the cup. They were playing with it. And then uh, alcohol was everywhere. I got covered in, in champagne, apple cider, beer, and God knows what else. It was a fun night, and I had a really good time. I brought my really good buddy Jordan Sermon with me. We had a great day. And then on the way back. So for for those that don't know, I live in Lake Charles, Louisiana. The Houston Dynamo play in Houston, Texas. Pretty self-explanatory. but So I drive to Houston every single home game for you know the soccer job that I do. And... It's a bit of a, a bit of a way. It's two hours, two hours fifteen minutes usually, but I can make it in two. But last night we left the stadium at ten forty. We both got stopped some. Uh, we got something to eat, so we really like got out of Houston at eleven. So we we're gonna be home by one probably. Well, we get around Venton, Louisiana, which is about forty minutes, thirty minutes from where I live. And my car starts overheating. Well, me, I panic immediately. It's like, hey, this is bad. This is bad. I don't know what this means. There's lights on, like a check engine light popped on at one point. There was a battery thing that popped on. My car's, like the heat, the heating and cooling gauge is all the way in the red on the heat. Like we are panicking. Well, it's one o'clock in the morning. Call my parents. Hey, not good. They're both sleeping, so I keep trying my dad, keep trying my dad, my, my dad. I get my dad. We walk through the process of what we need to do. And um, we, we got back to, to Westlake, Louisiana, like 10 minutes away from my house, but we couldn't get all the way there. So we get to this gas station. Well, okay, not to get sidetracked, I just smell the beer from my clothing. I just smell the the stuff and it's awful but it also reminds me how good night I just had but anyways it's 2 o'clock in the morning we're at this gas station west like my dad's not there yet so we're just kind of hanging out and um we think it's just a belt right we, we think it's just a belt no big deal get it fixed be good to go tomorrow so we left my, left my car over the overnight 
and then we called Jordan's brother-in-law who who works on cars we we think is everything's gonna be okay we can just get it back up and running no big deal so this morning I'm recording this on on Thursday uh, we get up this morning go over there we think it's fine I got a 15 minute drive back to my house overheating after 10 minutes in the car so uh, just figuring a bunch of stuff out then we kind of troubleshoot it and see see what it is and uh it's not good it's blown blown gasket burn up i mean we drove it was overheating we drove 14 miles with it being overheated so it, it was a bad it was a bad decision it was we really couldn't do anything because that 14 mile stretcher is zero exits so we were just kind of stranded there in a rocking hard place but um a great night that ended with <laughs> like it was such a weird roller coaster of emotions and I'm emotionally exhausted right now. I haven't gotten much sleep. I just maybe slept three hours last night. And then go deal with this car this morning. Come back here. I had to do college today because I missed yesterday. And then coming here to record this podcast. Emotionally exhausted. Every like I'm tired. Um so I might take next week off completely from any show related stuff. It's uh, been wild. I don't know. I, I'm maybe deciding things a little bit too premature. But it was just a wild turn of events. But last night I met some of the people that, that make soccer great, make soccer special for me. You know, JP Della Cameron and Joshua Yarrow. I saw my uh, my buddy Phil West last night in the U.S. Open Cup. Um, Interviewed DeMarcus Beasley, one of the guys I've looked up. Like he was my one of my favorite soccer players when I was five. I got to interview him after um, his cup win last night. He's the captain of the Dynamo, so that was a special moment for me. A special moment for him uh, winning a cup in Houston. So a lot of good things last night, and I did a live show from. It was originally supposed to be at this place called Houston Sports Creek. Just give them a little love because they've been very helpful with me over the last couple months. Um. We had to move it to the Four Seasons in downtown Houston. Well, this guy, his name's Choke, uh, Chokey. It, I don't, I don't really know. He's gonna say it in the show. I just call him Choke because that's what he told me to call him. So we're just gonna figure it out. Uh, he's a wonderful guy. One of my favorite interviews I've done. And um, it was just very weird setting. We had music in the background because we were in a conference room. Like this was a very disjointed show, and I talk about that actually in the interview. Um, a lot was going on. I'm tired already because we had just drove two hours. It had been pouring down rain. I had to deal with the stress of switching locations at the last second, make sure all my guests come over and um, and make sure that we're all taken care of from that standpoint. And uh, it, it worked out. We had two really good interviews. I'm going to drop one now, and it's uh, with, with Choke. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm Riley James. I don't know if I pub this to the end, but I'm Riley James at Riley James IAC on Twitter. Go check out all my U.S. Open Cup content from yesterday. Uh, it was wonderful. It was one. Of the, it was probably one of the best nights of my career because um, of everything that was involved. Got some good shots. Got some good video, and we talked about some really good stuff after the game. And plus, just being at a Cup final, my first ever Cup final at 17 years old. Um, before I turn 18 tomorrow, my, my 18th birthday is September 28th. So, a bunch of really good things happening, but 
uh, at if anyone cares underscore on Twitter. Uh, please follow those accounts. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it really does help people find us, and we appreciate every single person that listens to this podcast. So without further ado, my interview live at the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown Houston, Texas. On if anyone cares. Hello, we are live from a room at the Four Seasons that is not technically a hotel room, it's more of a meeting room, but we're just kind of hanging out because uh, we had some last minute changes. Anyways, I'm Riley James, this is If Anyone Cares, technically partnered with All In Sports Talk today because I really don't have a job anymore with MLS Aces. That's a whole story I'm going to tell you in probably five years. Um, Live from the U.S. Open Cup today houston dynamo philadelphia union espn2 uh check that out tonight um god everything i had planned for this show i planned for this show for a month and a half since the dynamo made it when they beat lafc in the semifinals and everything was thrown off two days before so we're just kind of making stuff up as we go so if this show seems a little disjointed that's probably why and there's music in the background and everything's great we're supposed to have a crowd of 300 people that got pulled from us two days ago so uh, a lot going on. We adapted. We adjusted. We're still doing the show anyways. But sitting next to me in this room with music and a bunch of pictures on the walls, we have a guy who he, he told me his name is Choke. Don't really know how to pronounce it. So if you want to tell the world, maybe not the world, but my audience at least, what is your actual name? Uh, it's Chijoki Akajobi, but everybody calls me Chokey, so it's... Uh, it's, it's People, people have messed up over the years, but it's been cool. I like, I like to let people, you know, say what makes them comfortable. So it's all good. look at it and take, take a shot, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I appreciate you making this happen. Of course, of course, you of course. pretty much made this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been, we've been here for. I mean, I've been, I've been here myself even like a lot, and a lot of the people actually working right now are a few of them are cool with me, but uh, most people that work here are like. This is the time they're not here, so when I come here at night, I pretty much live here. Right. And it's, it's been great. They've been great to me, and it's been a good spot. And the GM's great, Tom and Judith and everyone here. So it's been it's been great. Shout out to the Four Seasons. It's not like they need people to come stay here ever, but um, <laughs> always good promo. Yeah, always good promo. Uh, only only free at all all today. But um, so you played in Denmark at one point. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. What what's your best story from Denmark? Um, I mean, best story or most interesting? I mean, we got we got some time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I was living in Denmark, actually one of the coolest things was you know when I went there, I was playing with Alborg and um, I had no idea anything about Europe. I I didn't know uh, I didn't know anything about Europe. I didn't know anything about the football in, in the sense like of course yeah like you you see it on like you know. TV and internet and all that stuff, but you don't really, you don't really understand it until you live there. And right. I tell people all the time, like living there was a great experience for me. And one of the coolest things was when I went up there, you know, like the way they, the culture is, the culture is so much different than America. And like, you know, anybody who plays in Europe or plays anywhere, it doesn't matter what level it is, they'll they'll tell you like 
the culture is different, the way they run their academies, and then the way like the community, like the not necessarily even the community, but the city is involved with the club because football is like the biggest thing there. You know, soccer is the biggest thing, and the way the kids are so involved with the with the with the players. Even if you're on the first team, you know, you're coming to an academy game to watch, or if you're an academy player, you're going, you know, you're involved with the first team in some type of way. Maybe not like physically like there, but uh, the, your coach used to play there, or your coach brought a player to come talk to you. Or it's so the, so diverse in that sense, you know what I mean? So, but it's still all connected. It's so connected, and I think that's the difference between American football and like you know European football is like they're so connected. And I tell people this all the time: is like if players from the past could come back and help the players in the present, it would be much more of a of a country win you know because those those teams over there those clubs are the reflection of the younger kids so it's seeing the academies and seeing how like their complete replicas of like the first team that's the stuff that kind of like tricked me out and um, I play with some some great guys uh, actually one of the guys I play with I had never seen a player like this before and I was like oh yeah he's just you know fast guys quick you know he's from Africa and stuff like that he was, like, sitting on the bench right next to me one game. We both weren't starting or whatever. And I just, you know, he was young. He was, like, 22, I think, at the 21 at the time. About 20, maybe, even at the time. And he got on the field. I, never, I was like, I had never seen a guy like that in all my life. Like, from MLS top level to, like, you know, college soccer, whatever you want to call it. Same as Christian Vosogo. And right after I left, you know, he was doing well and stuff like that. Right after I left, he got sold for $40 million, like, Krona, which is, like, maybe $20 million dollars or 30 million dollars or something like that still a lot (laughs) to to a chinese team so you know i'm sitting next to a guy who's worth that much money and you just don't even you don't even think about that kind of stuff so that's probably one of the craziest things i remember so but denmark and now you're here so what what exactly do you do here like how do you end up in houston how do you end up being in this city okay so i mean i came back to houston and just like any kid who plays soccer in europe or any body who uh who loves the game? I mean, I was obsessed with it, and I was a quality player in my, you know, my eyes. Um, you come back and you have no idea what you're doing. So I know how it feels for like retired guys in the 30s to not know what they're doing. So like I had no idea what I was doing. I was just sleeping all day, hanging out. Uh, go to a nightclub one night in Houston, one of the big nightclubs in Houston, and run into a guy named Mike Chabala. He played for the Houston Dynamo, 10 years in MLS. Uh, he was a Houston like you know. He was a Houston guy. He was a guy in Houston, I guess you want to call it. I didn't know anything about all that. I just, you know, right. I just met him at, at a nightclub. Actually, the night I met him, he was with Sebastian Legit, Mike McGee, uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, all the LA Galaxy guys. And Mike McGee was like, hey, man, do you want a drink or something? And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm okay. But that was, like, my first, like, because uh, I grew up watching those guys. Right. You know what I mean? Mike McGee, I, I know who he is. Giovanni, I talked to him. It's, you know, I grew up watching these dudes, and I never had met them in my life. So actually seeing them for the first time was kind of like – Dang. Okay. Like right. this is this is what this guy does all the time, and so it was, it was that was my like. Okay. Well, let me see, uh, what he's about. So he entered, he invited me out to one of his like fitness concepts called Sphere, and um, next thing you know, me and the dude are spending like every day together, hours and hours for weeks on, months on, almost a year and a half on. So um, I actually was asked if I could help him out with the concept, and it's a soccer inspired fitness concept. So. You know, he he needed some help, and I was like, yeah, I'll help you out, like, no problem. At the time, I still wanted to go back and play, but while everything was going on, 
I was meeting every guy I watched on like right. and it wasn't like I was trying to do that. It was just happening, you know, naturally. Like I ran into talk to Danny Cruz, you know, like Danny Cruz played Houston Dynamo, Real Salt Lake, Philly, Dalphia Union, he's you know, a big player. You know, he's not a big player, but he's he's playing the league and he's done some stuff. Um, it's a notable name around MLS. Notable name, yeah. you know, Giles Barnes, you know, um, Sebastian Ibiega, Jason Johnson, you know, Bradley Bourgeois. These are local guys that play for the Dynamo here. Yeah. Brian Ching, Stuart Holden, you know, like yeah, Stu. You know, Stu's a good dude. Bobby Boswell, all these guys. You know, it it started coming really, really fast to me, and some of them I built relationships with them. You know, just naturally, like you know, we we kind of liked each other. Hey, cool, give me a call. You know, whenever you want to do this. You know, I'd run pickup games. You know, I I've, I've kind of like seen myself as like the guy that kind of gets everyone together in a sense. So while I was working with Sphere, a lot of the times, like, I would get everyone to come, you know, when the guys came back from uh, for, for offseason, we would all get together and I'd set everything up so, like, we could all play. So, I mean, in Houston, I mean, they call me, like, the social agent, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> that's a great, that's I guess, a great name. I guess. I guess that's the, that's, that's the name that I, sh- I should roll with. Uh, I had a friend give it to me. So it's, it's been good, man. I think the thing that's, that's been the best about it is that, it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete. It doesn't matter if you're um, a TV personality or whatever. The, the, the type of relationship that I've had with a lot of these people, whether it's real, whether it's not real, whether it's a uh, 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 business or something like that, that's what you can't top. You know, right. that's one of the things that I've been lucky. You know, I've been lucky to have because not everybody can have relationships to that level. You know, sometimes it's just like, oh, hey, let's go out to eat dinner but you know sometimes I'm talking to them about life I'm talking to them about their family you know girl, you know their girlfriend or you know talking to them about like how they get to that point you know what what happened in that that personal that, connection that personal connection yeah, you, you have that in that process and then in, in return that gets me thinking about my life you know and like things to avoid or things that maybe I should do you know what I mean so and I'm a lot younger than the guys I talk to so I'm 26 and a lot of these guys 30s plus you know 35 36 37 Man, I'm just I'm lucky, man. I'm, I'm lucky. I, I'm lucky. I I got an opportunity to meet Mike. You know, honestly, yeah. he, he he put me in the situation. You know, but at the same time, I also you know I really love the relationship I have with people. It doesn't matter who you are, yeah. and I think that's the separate. That's that's the difference in everything. So right, and and you were so nice to me. <laughs> like you you've been so good to me. You even set you set up this location when our original location got rained out. Like, we were outside. It was going to be a bad situation if it started raining. So you brought me to the Four Seasons, and now we're doing this from a meeting room. And and even on Instagram, like, DM, you and me have been swapping DMs for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And you've been nothing but complimented of me. You know, you understand that I had the flaws of a 17-year-old. You of course, understand of course. that I'm not exactly the best at this yet. Of course. But you, you just highlight the good points in my stuff. You highlight the good points. And, and me personally, uh, can, us connecting back and forth, what I've done so far... And you pass down that personal connection to me, of course. Because we're sitting, we're sitting here, we're talking on a podcast right now. I literally just met you five minutes ago, <laughs> and now we're just hanging out doing this. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've I've watched a lot of guys, you know, before me. I've, I've, you know, I got a chance to, you know, talk to Chauncey Billups, who's you know former Detroit Pistons and um, you know NBA champion. He's soon to be Hall of Famer and stuff like that. And I'm Ricky Davis, former NBA player. You know, I've talked to a lot of these guys who play in the league. I've talked to a lot of guys, you know. I've, that are stars in the league now and 
one thing I'm learning from all this, you know, and I'm young too. I'm, I'm young in their eyes. You know what right. I mean? I'm learning is that, like, you know, that little belief you have in someone, you got to see the talent. It's not necessarily where they are. You got to see the talent. You got to see what they're capable of because I have no skills. Like, I don't know how to put the podcast together. I don't know how to, you know, fix a car. I don't know how to uh, fix air condition. Like, right. I don't have those skills. I'm a footballer. I play sports. But when I played football and I did those things, I understood how to make my teammates better and not just by showing them how to kick a ball but that confidence they have in themselves and you have to have that to do anything you want to do and that's sports that's life that's work and I think that's one of the things that a lot of older people need to throw down to the to the younger kids is that yeah it's going to be hard and if you're ready to quit whenever somebody yells at you you're ready to quit when you know you get fired from a job or when you're ready to quit when someone doesn't believe in you then maybe you're not really Maybe you're not really, maybe you're not really made for, you know, what you want to do, right. and that's that's the thing. It's like I've been told no before. I've been said, oh man, he's not good enough, or I've been I've been told this, but it never stopped me from doing what I did because everything in my life is about a proving, you know, proving ground, and you should implement that in your life. You're young. I mean, you you guys are young, and you're younger than me anyway. In right. three years, your life's gonna be different than what you are now. If you right. keep pushing for this, and you make the right connections, you treat people with respect naturally more times than not people will give you a little bit of something they might not give you everything they give you a little bit of something and it'll keep you going longer and longer so i mean that that's that's what i've had in my head and i've always tried to treat people the same way they treat me so it's not really a big you know a big deal for me right so, yeah. i appreciate it nonetheless no, it's course, been it's been very nice to talk to you over dms and you know we exchange numbers over dms and now we're doing podcasts together i hope to have a continued relationship with you when of course I come to of course of course, you know. course yeah man I, i'm I'm into like you know I love talent and like I, I wish I was a little bit older and I had the, my situation like it was like amazing so I could actually get people in the places where they want to be because I think me I'm like a giver and like you know and people give me a lot so I'm just like why do I need to keep this to myself right and give away you know give it to people so they can go and do what they want to do because if you make it a financial uh, me 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 situation when you can make it about somebody else right. you're going to be a part of it regardless so you know if you do well I mean I do well so pay it forward hey, pay, pay it forward, forward man pay it forward so what's your whole story like where are you from how'd you end up getting around football and what led you to Denmark um so when I was maybe I moved to Houston at maybe I moved to Houston in second grade so I was like it was eight eight-ish you know I, I didn't live in a nice neighborhood I didn't live in a nice neighborhood at all. It was terrible, actually. But it was a good... It was, at the time, I didn't take it like that. You know, I took okay. it as, you know, oh, this is just a neighborhood, you know, a lot of black kids, a lot of, like, dangerous situations, fighting, you know, violence, all that stuff. Um, then I, I moved to another neighborhood where I, I think I learned my got my athleticism from, and I lived in Cyprus, which is, like, the back part of Houston, like, kind of more countryside. Yeah. And there was no... At the time, now it's a booming area. It has an outlet mall and all that stuff. But before, there wasn't an outlet mall. There was nothing there. Just houses and so like you know, twelve years ago. Yeah, so about ten years, years ago. ago. About yeah. ten years ago. So, you know, all we did was play sports, basketball, football. You know, my brother was a football player. I was a soccer player. Soccer was my main thing. Basketball was my summer sport. So I spent all my time doing those things. And so, whenever I, whenever I moved from that neighborhood, I moved to where I went to high school at. And you know, I had to make a choice. You know, I wanted to play basketball as a kid. You know, basketball was my favorite sport. I love LeBron. I loved, you know, a lot of the guys I've met now are guys I used to, like, be in love with, you know, when I was a kid because that was, like, my, my sport. Soccer was more of, like, a 
spiritual thing, you know, like it was more of a, you know, I'm going to do it regardless because that's what, like, you know, my spirit tells me to do. But, you know, basketball was more like a, pa a passion, like passionate thing. You know, because soccer, I didn't have the passion. I didn't know. It wasn't the main thing we all focused on right. here in America. But it was like my dad's African. He's, uh, he's Nigerian. So yeah. he put me into it. So it was more like spiritual. And then I had basketball as my passion. But then I looked over height and quality and stuff like that. And basketball was out of the question. So I had to play soccer. But... I actually, so in ninth grade, fast forward it a little bit, ninth grade, I um, I met this guy named uh, Ricky Palmo Pierre, um, and he uh, he saw me playing my freshman year. I didn't start my freshman year on JV as a freshman. That's a bad sign for any of you guys. Right. <laughs> any of you guys, like, I know things are different now, but back then, if you didn't start as a freshman on JV, you probably weren't going to be on varsity. Even too. You weren't going to do too much on varsity. Or you probably weren't going to play soccer that long, you know, but my mentality was really, like, supercharged. I was, I was so different from the other guys. And so I met a guy, and his brother was, like, the all-time. Like, he won the most national championships in Houston with the Texans soccer club or football club at the time. And he went to Charlotte, played pro and all that stuff, won the Golden Boot and national championships and stuff. So he he had that pedigree, you know, and his little brother was my age, so we played against each other. So he saw something in me. He's like, hey, I think you're good. I think you could be good. And I was like, what? Like, I, yeah. I, I had talent, and I grew up, and I was really good, played with a really poor Mexican team. Like, from day one, that's that's what I enjoy doing. I played I didn't play with such good, uh, amazing, amazing. They were great players at the time, but we didn't have money. Like, we were just, you know, that was just, but it was a family thing. So I couldn't leave that until I got a little bit older. But he saw something in me. He's like, hey, I think you need to train. I'll train you. And, you know, at the time, I was, like, about to quit soccer. I think soccer was, like, you know, it was at the time where I didn't have, I didn't have any more, I didn't have an avenue, more of an avenue to go to, you know. So he picked me up and pretty much like, yo, I'll train you. And I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I don't care. And he starts, and then I got into Right. The whole football, like now, it was a culture for me. Like it was soccer, was culture, and then it, and this, I already had the spiritual part down. But right. the culture, I didn't have it because nobody was there to show me the way, you know. And I had a friend who actually cared enough to push that on me, you know what I mean? So he, we trained for years. I mean, years, years on. I mean, I trained with him even like two years ago or whatever. But um, I got into soccer because not not because of him, but I saw another level to it because of him. You know, and his family were very soccer oriented. My parents were, you know, they're 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 academics, so like they're more into school and stuff. But his family was into football, so I really kept my life into that. And um, his brother ended up taking me to Denmark, you know, a few years ago. He lived there, played there, and it was just a situation where I got caught up in that. So it was it's, it was it was a process, but it was like I had been involved in that process for like six years already. So, right. so you you come you come back to Houston. And you see the Dynamo. Dynamo, obviously, not the most popular team in the city. You got the Texans, got the Rockets, got obviously the, the defending champion Astros. Of course. How do you see the Dynamo fitting in the city? What is the culture like here as far as soccer? Is it growing? Is it uh, digressing? What's soccer in the city, uh, from your perspective? Uh, I think I think soccer in Houston. It's it's really big. I used to tell people this all the time. You know, I went to school in North Carolina. I went to college in North Carolina. And people used to tell me, oh, soccer's not big there, football's big. And I was like, you have no idea. Soccer is the, one of the big. it's probably the biggest sport in Houston. Not the most popular, yeah. but it's the biggest sport, as in more people play it. And I used to tell people all the time, I said, wait, wait, a, few, wait, wait a few years so soccer becomes a cool sport. 
and people will get attached to it. And uh, I think the Dynamo have done great. You know, like they've done a good job with you know a few things and stuff like that. They've tried to bring in different type of players, South American type players. A lot of those guys, I know them, and um, they've they've done a decent job. I think the biggest thing now is to you gotta you have to think about the culture of the city, and you have to be able to make people want to come watch. You know, and, and and the thing is, is people aren't gonna really come watch people they don't know unless they have that star status people want to people want to relate to the players and you know hanging around Mike and Stuart Holden and all these guys you know um, I think one of the biggest things me and Mike used to talk about is back then when they used to play with the Dynamo like he was literally out in the streets like you know hey come to our games and like you know kind of giving out tickets and back then I used to go to the games it was crazy back then you know Dynamo were just it's unreal going to a game it was packed and people were excited they were having fun you know it's different now it's more corporate now but yeah but still, though, like other teams in other cities have that passion, and I think that's one of the things. Is like when the players get out there more, it benefits everybody. Benefits benefits the players' popularity. When the players get more popular, the team gets more popular. So that that connection with certain people in the community would help build, you know, the Dynamo's brand a little bit from my eyes. So, what do you think? Because you've seen Atlanta, right? Oh, it's great. It's Atlanta's great. wild. It's unreal, unreal. You've seen Atlanta. So, what does Houston have to do to get there? Like, at what point is soccer going to be that big in the city? What what needs to happen? Well, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, the best thing you can do when you're in a city like Houston is you got to know the culture. You got to know. You have to know the culture. And when I say culture, it's not by race or anything like that. You have to know the culture of the city. What is consistent in the city? Like, what do people consistently do? How do people consistently react to things? How do what makes people feel like they gotta get out of bed? You know, like what is the thing? So you have to bring those things and you have to splurt it out. Like it has to be something where, you know, people know, like they have to know. And I think in Atlanta, they're doing this thing where a lot of their rappers, you know, they have a big rap, you know, big community, hip hop community yeah. there. A lot of those guys are very involved with the team. I'm not gonna say they're the only reason why it's like that. But I know Waka Flocka Flame got involved early on. Two Chains got involved Lil early John on. Got Lil John got involved yeah. early on. You know, and that right now pop culture is running everything. You know, from the hip hop community to the pop community. You know, they're running businesses now. They're they're the ones selling cokes. You know, they're the ones selling like you know like T-shirts, and they're the ones. So you have to gravitate towards not being such a you know just straight on corporate keep it don't get me wrong like i don't know anything about right. the corporate side but i do know that pop culture is big and making people get making people more involved you know and that's the thing it takes years it takes time but having people more involved especially in a city like this where the community is pretty small down here if you if you ever live if you ever around this area it's, it's pretty small and people get the word gets across quick you have to have a reason why people want to come right and it's not just the players anymore people love soccer but you know I bet you out of those 60,000 fans, not everybody knows every single player on Atlanta, Atlanta United's team. And I don't expect people to know, you know, Albert Ellis and, you know, all these guys and stuff like yeah. that. I don't expect them to. But you have to create an environment where it's fun to come. It's, 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 it's attractive. And if you're not attracting people, you won't, don't expect any ticket sales and don't expect people to really buzz about, you know, your team. So I, I, it's, it's a lot of different things that add on to that. But, I mean... It's who's in the office, you know, so I can't. Right. I, I love Chris Canetti. He's a cool dude, so I'm not going to knock him too much. And even from the winning side, it's like the Dynamo started off the year great. They made the Western Conference, the Western Conference Finals last year. They, you know, obviously, from 2013 to 2017, they weren't that good. 
and they had the run. Winning matters a lot. So it's getting a winning culture. It's getting the good players that you can also market and recognize as well. Just, yeah. just from the game side of it. I think it's yeah. important to, to have a team that can win and that you can be proud of. Yeah. But even when the team's not good, I mean, at least from the soccer side of it, it's just you need to have a good product on the field as well. You can have people that you can market. You have all these different factors that go into it. So from the soccer aspect, what's the team have to do? Because they have a really good team right now. Defense isn't great. The front three, Apatlis, Marmonotas, Romel Quioto, even Tomas Martinez behind them, they have a super great attacking front. Midfield could be a little bit a little bit better, but it's also MLS, so you can mm-hmm. get away with that. Yeah. But the defense, defense, and defense has been the problem all year. Give them early goals, late goals. What needs to happen as far as the soccer to get people in? I think I think if you want to win, you know, winning winning is obviously the number one objective in anything. You know, right. you, have to, you have to win. But I also think like you know, your key guys have to show up. You know, they really have to play well. You know, like um, and they have to really like show out because you know, I think the front three they have a lot of pace and you know, they have a, they they have some decent skill. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's crazy. People watch soccer a lot and. The one biggest thing I watch about soccer, you know, you always watch European soccer and then American soccer, and even these South American guys who are who should have more skill. You you have to be more, you know, clinical. You know, the cl- finishing and and having the right players in the right positions. Also, like you know, I if you know I'm a speedy player, so I would come. I wouldn't compare myself exactly to him because we were different types. But you know, I'm more of an Ellis type player. So if I was playing with a guy like that, I wouldn't need another fast player standing right next to me. I would right. need a guy who knows how to feed me. You know, keep feeding me, keep feeding me, keep feeding me behind the de- and behind the defense. So that's something that you know I, I've watched in the games, and just getting yourself in the right position to score goals. And you know when you can be ra- when you're rapid and you're fast, and you and it's not just being fast, but consistently going at people quick, fast, fast, all the time, all the time, all the time. Defense is not gonna be able to take that. They hate being ran at 24 right. seven, 24-7, 24-7. Stamina. It's a stamina factor. It's a stamina thing. So you yeah. have to you have to make that a big deal because some of the games that I have watched, you know, Ellis is always in, you know, further back and that's not his skill set. Right. His skill set's not to pick up a ball and go by people. His skill set's to be in a position to chase the ball down, you know, going forward. So I think as a team, they just need to really work on, you know, putting their players in the right position to be successful. Obviously, they've had injuries. You know, Dylan Remnick, he's a friend of mine. He's been hurt and he had a, he had a pretty good season last season um, at left back or right back even. and He did pretty well. You know, AJ's been out for know the whole year 15 months yeah he's been out for 15 months but i talked to him and he's feeling a lot better and, yeah know, i saw he's getting in time with the uh the usl team now he's getting time yeah uh he's been with the team lately so whether he plays this season or not yeah, somebody yeah. he actually he actually i facetimed him not in, when he was in colorado so i mean my friend actually asked me if uh, my friend he actually plays for colorado and um uh he asked me if i knew asia i was like of course yeah so it's a uh, it's uh, he's 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 getting better, man, and that's the thing. It's like you need the you need guys who have experience. Too AJ's been LA Galaxy, he's been a champion in this league, so that's something that you know the Dynamo definitely need. And even with coming back and being healthy, you still need to have the confidence on that knee. You still need to have the confidence that you can play at one hundred percent. Because it, it, he's been gone for fifteen months, so you need to have the confidence to come back. So I, I think that's what the Dynamo need. It's just an interjection of. Hey, this player's really good. He has experience. He's been out for a long time, but he's back and he's 100% confident. We're going to go into it. And we're going to we're going to improve this defense because that's what the defense has been the problem all year. Of course, of course. Of so course. I, I think that can really help the Dynamo. Whether he plays this year or not, 
I think it'd be good for him to get some minutes, but he'll be ready to go for next March. Of course, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, you know he's he's steady, you know, working hard, and you know it's probably frustrating for him because he's been such a consistent guy in the league and. He's never really gotten a crazy, crazy injury like this. So it's, for him, it's you know he's he's get, trying to get back AJ, you know, to prove himself and stuff like that. So he's, you know, I'm not worried too much. I think if if he got in the game, I think he'd know he was ready. Right. So that that's been the biggest thing. Whether they choose to play him or not, you know, that's a tough thing. Too, that's so. a warmer call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of the last things I want to touch on. Uh, so the Texans, the Astros, the Rockets, and the Dynamo in this city. What's the best way for all all of them to work together? And, and, and promote each other and, and cross-pollinate fans and, and get people to go to all their games. What, what's some of the things that these teams can work together to do? I think the biggest thing is, like, you got to find players. You know, uh, one of the biggest, you know, the leagues that's growing and growing is the NBA. And, you, you know, you really have to watch. You know, NBA is the closest thing to, to pop culture, so NBA players and artists and music. And, it's a know, male soap opera, the NBA. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's becoming, a, you know, pop culture, you know, you know craziness right now so you know I, I pay attention to a lot of stuff that's going on there and you know you look at the dynamo and you look at the astros you look at the rockets and i think you just have to have that relatability and i think that that's what those three sports are missing you know they're so different because they, the culture is different in all three i think soccer people are completely different than baseball and then baseball and baseball is a little bit closer to basketball just because of the way like they live their life you know a lot of baseball players like the way you know basketball does stuff but you don't really see you know, it's different racially, so it's it's completely different too. Right. So like that's that's divide too. So you you have to see how you can find players in each team that can relate to each other and get them to work together. And when you can get them to work together, then the other players are going to come tag along. But right. You have to get guys that are influential, but at the same time they're very relatable. Because if you kind of push away from the whole like you know relatability aspect, then just because they bring the players together doesn't mean they're going to stay together. You know, you want them to stay. You want them to keep working together. You want to see James Harden at a Dynamo game. Right. You know, James Harden doesn't – I haven't seen him at a Dynamo game before. Right. You know, and that would be crazy if he came, showed up on the field, showed love and respect. People are like, hey, James Harden actually cares about the Dynamo. That, that's that's huge in the city. And then, again, if you see Rockets players, on the, you know, show up on the court, you know, give the fans a little clap, you know, like, hey, we're here, you know, to support the Rockets and stuff, that would be great too. But the, the disconnect of the relationships from a – outside perspective because internally I know guys who worked for the Dynamo worked for the Rockets and they worked and they've they haven't really put those two, those two things together right but at the same time they're very you know they, they know each other they all they're all friends and stuff but the they're missing that crossover and you know and it's hard to find it's hard to find that person honestly I think I could do it if I actually worked for one of them but at the same time I don't work for any of them yeah. so <laughs> it's tough but that crossover is so crucial because it's age it's culture it's race it's politics everything you know you gotta you gotta have someone who can do those kind of things because then you're really maximizing the sports in the city you know athletes stars you know rappers everything you have to have someone who can kind of give up the ego a little bit and dive into those realms and i think when they can do that you know in that sense because other cities have it other cities have those guys and right and they can do that yeah. i mean man it's gonna it's gonna be crazy what they can do here yeah, yeah you got chargers showing up at the galaxy games I mean, it helps they play in the same stadium, but still, it's, you have the people in the city recognize, hey, there's also other sports teams here. Yeah. And it brings the soccer people to basketball games, it brings the basketball people to soccer games, and everyone makes money because the, the arena's full, people are buying concessions and stuff. It, it makes money for everyone involved. It's just getting Jose Altuve and Demarcus Beasley on the same page. Culture, man. Culture. Right. culture. It's, it's a very difficult thing. Culture. You can't fix it. Culture and the way people, the, the way people do things is uh, is a big deal. 
uh, and the way people do things is a big deal. So, I mean, yeah, Demarcus Beasley and Jose Altuve are from two different countries, two different pr perspectives, two different, you know, mindsets, you know. Like, right. They're both great, and they both have done their thing in their sport, but, you know, obviously, like, that's not always the determining factor in having a real relationship, right. you know. At the end of the day, and I always see like this, like, Man, you can you can play you can be the, one of the greatest soccer players in the world, and you can be one of the greatest baseball players in the world. When your time ends, you know how much of an impact did you have on people outside of playing your sport? Because without your sport, would you have still been someone? And I think if players can look at it like that a little bit more, they can really get something out of like what they're doing right now, and they can maximize you know themselves as athletes now. Because I know if I was playing, I would never be at home. You know, I would always be out and like trying to be in the community and do something positive because I think at the end of the day that lasts a little bit longer right. than just just kicking the ball around. And that's just my perspective. And we're so. still talking about JJ Watt's hurricane relief efforts. Like that, that was a big thing he did for the community. He organized that. He got that together. And JJ Watt is recognized for that. He's a great player. He's a great defensive of tackle. But we recognize that more. We talk about that a little bit more. Even a year after Hurricane Harvey hit. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, he did. He did something crazy and. Uh, and uh, that's that's something that people you know respect him for. He's done more than maybe any athlete in Houston from like a public perspective. You know, I've I've heard stuff about James. James has done James Harden's done great stuff. Like you know, quietly though. You right. Know? And you know, I, used, I I when I was playing my playing days, I kind of like had two choices. You know, I had two choices. I was like, okay, well, if I do something quiet, I still get it done, and I don't want the attention. But then there's a flip side to it. If if you if you do something positive and you do something the right way and people hear about it and they hear you did it it kind of affects them in a way because they're like okay well if he did it then maybe i should go and do it right and that's the reason why you do talk about it. you know i've had so many people come to me and be like oh you should do this you should do that and i always feel like there's a timing for stuff so i try not to rush people and tell them like you have to do this you have to do that because i'm friends with a lot of a lot of athletes it's making it aware that you're doing something and that when their time comes you know they should go out there and show people what they're doing because it's going to affect others and it's going to make them want to do it too. So right. that's a big deal. Um, a little lightning around at the end. Five to seven random questions. Kind of get you to open up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Been a, been a serious talk for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, cake or pie? Cake or pie? Yeah, cake or pie? Cake or pie? Cake. Sure. Cake? What kind of cake? Vanilla. Anything with vanilla is <laughs> <I'm> good. <laughs> Anything over that loud, good. They know why, too. Yeah. <laughs> they know why. <laughs> Who's been uh, the most influential athlete you talked to that's impacted you the most? That I've had a, like, like long uh, conversation, short yeah. conversation. Um, athlete or a sports person? Athlete. That's affected you as an athlete. That's affected me as an athlete? Yeah. Um, I would say... I had a conversation with, man, I've met so many people in the last year, like, it's been, like, a lot, a lot, a lot. I I had a long conversation with Brian Scalabrini, uh -huh. who used to be Boston Celtics. And Red Mamba. Red Mamba. <laughs> 45 minute, almost an hour conversation with the guy, and um, he, he really he really was talking to me about sports and, like, mentality, and, you know, one of the cool things he said was, um, one of the coolest things he said was, it didn't matter if he was in the NBA now or when he was playing because he knew his role. And that kind of got to me because he was like, I knew what I was able to do. And I knew what I, what I could do. You know, I might have not scored a lot of points in this today's NBA or I might not even be on the court in today's NBA. But if I was in this today's NBA, 
I would put up the same numbers that I put in my career back in the day because I knew what I could, what I was capable of doing. He said that's a that's one of the big problems with players now. They don't know what they're capable of doing, so it kind of messes with them. So always know what you're capable of doing and stick with that no matter where you go. So that's that's been huge. That was huge. How good is Steve Nash actually at soccer? You know, it's crazy. Um, I had no plans of even going to L.A. and actually playing soccer with the dude. I, I went up there for other reasons, and we ended up, you know, having mutual friends or, you know, a friend of mine knew who there was friends, really good friends with him. And we go up to the field, and, you know, he's on my team, so, like, I'm like, all right, me, Steve, like, whatever, yeah, you know, let's do it. And, uh, you know, he's actually really good. He's, he's really good. You know, he can't really sprint and stuff because, you know, he's had back problems in the yeah. past. But technically, he's really good. Like, he can bring a ball down. Like, he can play it to you in, in space. Like, left foot, right foot. So, he's really, he really knows how to knock a ball. You know, I wasn't surprised. I was more like the consistency was good because, you know, most players, and you know, he was playing in the back a little bit. You know, most right. players can't really settle a ball and play, but he can settle and play. So, it's a... Uh, Did he pick the wrong sport? Nah. <laughs> no, he's... No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, so, not, not quite that good. No, no, no. Yeah. He, he's a great player. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Great soccer player, but, yeah. you know, basketball. He was, know, it was it's ridiculous, a, man. You could see that, you know, his soccer and basketball game is the same. But I think in basketball, some of the stuff he pulled off, you know, with behind his back and, you know, the passes and stuff, you know, it's just so hard to replicate anything close to that right. in soccer because you really have to, have, like, studied the game very heavily and pay attention to it 24-7. So he's a great player, though, man. Respect to him for letting me play with him. So... Where's the best city you've been? Like, what's been your your the best time you've had in a city? Where is that city? Best time I've had in the city. I mean, I I can't. You know, I love New York, and you know, Miami was great. I think, man, if you you could talk about a city, that's that, that's that's special, and you know, and you know, anything can happen. You know, I, I think everybody thinks you go somewhere and it's the best place in the world, and there's no such thing as that. Right. But if you go somewhere, where anything can happen, man. Los Angeles, California is. Anything can happen, so you know that's kind of one of those places where you know you want to, you know you want to live there, and you know you want to enjoy the weather's great and the, the 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 vibe there is very good. But like I, I think when you guys like me anyway, when you choose to live somewhere, you don't choose to live anywhere where you feel like you're going to be contained. You want to live right. somewhere where there's possibilities, anything can happen at any point. So I think LA is a great city, man. It's a great city. It's a great city. Very insulting. You didn't say like Charles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went to Golden Nugget, man. It was it, was, it Golden Nugget was was amazing. I had a great three four days there, man. It was it was really nice, it was a really good three days there. Oh, so. man. Shout out to Lake Charles. Love the place. <laughs> Going home tonight, actually driving back. Wow. You were amazed that I drove here. I was, you're dedicated, man. I, a lot of guys don't, don't, you know, a lot of kids, young kids, especially now, they, you know, they get on the phone and they, you know, the phone is their way to, you know, exercise, you know, what they want to do. And I think the phone's great. I think Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff is amazing, dude. Like, you should always keep that in your pocket. But I'll tell people this all the time. Nothing, nothing, nothing is better than actually putting in the work and then actually, like, actually taking like you know your car to another city taking your car to another state flying out to another you know country or another city because if you really want it that bad you're gonna go out there and grab it because i know very few people who can make money from their phone and the few that do there's very few in the world you know and so you have to go out there and actually take the risk of like you know meeting up with people and doing that stuff and that's why i respect what you're doing for sure i appreciate that man man. appreciate that sure for sure um you said you're quick one of the quickest. <laughs> One of the quickest. One of the quickest, man. What is, uh, do you have a 40 time? Do you know 
your 40 time. No, see, I never ran for everybody's like, man, you should run a 40. I want to see how fast you run a 40. I'm like, man, I don't want to run no 40, man. Like, I, I ran it back in like 2000 2010, maybe. I think I ran like a four or five. That was four like five. that was six years ago. So I mean, I probably now nah, I'm probably a little bit better at it if I train and get back into like right. I'm in good shape, obviously, but I'm like you know normal right. normal footballer. But uh, yeah, I never. I, man, soccer is a weird sport. It doesn't really matter what your forty is. It doesn't matter if you run a hundred yard dash fast. I mean, it's just like you know your your style of play really just pushes you. So I never really worried about all that stuff. Like, it does help though. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I don't like a lot of you. It helps, man. It helps. It helps. It helps. It helps. It helps to do stuff. It helps to do stuff that you know. The 40 time and all that stuff, it does help, man. But, I mean, it's crazy. Football's like, I've seen Uzman Dembele play for Barcelona. It helps that he's pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That wing. I would actually compare. I mean, he's left-footed. I mean, he's we have the same type of body. I mean, I'm, a, I'm long-legged, but I'm not tall. Right. So, it's. I mean, he's probably a little bit taller than I am. But, um, yeah, he's, man, he's unreal. That kid, I, th- I didn't think he was going to be that good, but he's, he's serious. He's actually a serious player. So. Yeah, I think he really understands how to deal with the pressure playing for Barcelona now because he came from from Germany. Yeah, of course. Byron's league. Yeah, he was playing in it. Of course. Uh, But he's at Barcelona. He's doing good. He's great, bro. They lost today, but still. (laughs) They don't want to get rid of that kid. Right. He's on her So if you could be in the Olympics, first off, winter or summer? Summer, no question. Okay, yeah. No question. Not a big fan of the cold, I see. Oh, I mean, I used to live in, uh, you know, Pullman, Washington, which is in the north, but, you know, not a fan of it. Not okay. a fan of it. Uh, what sport would you compete in? Other than soccer, of course. Ike. By choice, or? Yeah, if, if you could choose any sport to train at for, say, six years and compete in, like, 2024 in Paris. I would choose to probably do... Track and field. Track and field? Yeah. What, what would be your specialty? Probably like the 400. 400? Yeah. Okay. Probably just 400. Respect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have the stamina for the four. I'd kill myself, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have four. six years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> six, six years. Six years of training. I know. I know. I know. But, man, uh, I, I appreciate you hooking me up, oh, setting this course, whole thing up. Of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah. Next time, next time we can do it a little more. You know, uh, they'll, they'll, I'll, I'll let them know beforehand, and they'll uh, they'll really let us in here and you know set it all up for us. You know? Yeah, it's great. Because we walked in, I got here at two. It's three forty-five right now, so you got here at three. Yeah. And we've been doing this with the knowledge that come, someone's coming in here in thirteen minutes. Of course. So trying to keep an eye on the door, trying to keep and things are going on. You're waving to people. Everything's going. <laughs> on. This is a very disjointed program. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy we made it happen, and uh, it's just a pleasure, man. I appreciate yeah, best it. Best of luck. Best of luck. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes, sir.